It is hard to go through a day without having some sort of emotional reaction or trigger, especially on social media, as we have been recently talking about on a previous episode. In past episodes, we have shared many tools and ways to process emotions when this happens, such as the three R's of recognizing, respecting, and redirecting. And in this episode, we are going to discuss how to have a 360-degree view of emotional processing. This means stepping out of duality and into polarity, finding the opposite emotion and utilizing that to assist in processing and healing in real time. Get all that? <laughs> okay, probably not. But we will explain it all coming up in this episode. But first, if you have received something from this app or past episodes, consider donating to us to further our growth in helping others. This can be an energetic donation of time, sharing the podcast, talking about it with a friend, leaving a review on iTunes, maybe even making a video testimonial and sharing it on social media, or even a monetary donation to our patron for just $5 a month, and you can get exclusive content and a shout-out on an episode. And if you're interested in that, you can go to wise-wise.com slash patron, that's slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. We appreciate all of your energy, however you decide to help us out. And with that, let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander, uncovering our authentic self through self awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for the Wise Wise this week. Um, we're going to be talking about a topic that has been coming up with my private clients uh, lately, and I think it is a wide enough topic, especially at these times, to discuss a type of emotional processing that is within the just philosophy that I call a 360-degree view emotional processing. And uh, we're going to call on Aaron again this week and to show a little bit of vulnerability, and I'm going to ask him some questions, and we're going to go through of how to work with processing some of these emotions that come up, especially uh, generated through mo social media. And that seems to be very abundant in these times. And so right now, people are very emotionally sensitive and are experiencing emotions. But I uh, just wanted to give hopefully some suggestions here that will bring a whole different view of how to actually make these emotional releases useful and part of your healing and wellness. So I want to start with, uh, thank you for being with us, of course, again, uh, Aaron. Has anybody ever told you that you have a good radio voice? Ah, nobody's told me that, but plenty of people's told me that about you. <laughs> that was an excellent <laughs> intro, and, and uh, I'm happy that we're switching it up a little bit. And 
I feel like you definitely bring it when you have to. Ah, I ah, appreciate that. So, so yeah, today is a little uh, is a little bit exciting just because it's so fresh. Could you share with us a a potential recent emotion, maybe with a short description or without a description, that you have experienced that um, you know we can just kind of catapult from to start giving an example of this process? Okay. Yes. So. There are many, but uh, a theme that runs as, you know, it's always there is uh, frustration around, and this is probably something that's pretty common, frustration around like relationships, how things never go the way you want them to. Mm. There's never, at least in my life, in my experience, there's always lessons and nothing's ever sticking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Situations never work out to the optimum of what I want. And and I understand by looking at my makeup, my destiny cards, that this is a process that I'm most likely supposed to be going through at this time so that I can later on gain... Uh, the different or take advantage of the different energy cycles in the future. Right. Just kind of talking about that two of hearts, king of hearts in my life path. Right. Right. So uh, there's, there's, there can be some frustration that comes in from time to time and, and, and it does sometimes seem to get into some, some short self pity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, (laughs) as with many people asking the universe, why, like, right. like, I know it doesn't help and it's not a wise why, but it is something that happens when even if it's a, such a small emotional reaction, you kind, there still is like a, a bottom. Right. So when you reach the bottom, you're like, why does this continue happening? <laughs> and uh, and then from there, you kind of re bring in the wise whys and uh, leave the, the pity and the victimization behind. Right, right. And I think that's a, you know, a, an honest answer and and all of those steps are, you know, are part of the process. And I think that sometimes people are too hard on themselves where emotions are involved. And hopefully we're going to clear that up that, you know, it is okay to, and very healing to express emotions is just, of course, what we talk about, right time, right place, around the right person and for the right duration. And, yeah, those that, are just some of those variables. That definitely was not the safe choice. Right. <laughs> yes. And, you know, to allow ourselves to be that vulnerable child to say, no, I'm really frustrated right now. And not even if you know better or you know the detriment of that is still acceptance. Uh, everyone, please remember that acceptance is that very first step toward healing. And acceptance is sometimes just allowing ourselves to have the experience that that emotion elicited. So this work isn't about uh, controlling emotions or detaching from emotions. It's about learning to manage the emotions. And I like to make an analogy to kids. Uh, that's the way that I look at that. They're, they're here for us to learn to manage, not to control, not to fix, but help manage and teach simultaneously. And that's the way I look at the emotions. They are healthy for, to be processed and experienced but unfortunately, our culture, or not many cultures yet, have really learned the process of these emotions. So when you're going through something uh, such as frustration, typically what I like to suggest is 
this is one of our pillars is that everything is polarity on this plane. Duality is a choice. And duality is the resistance to things being different or different opinions and there being a problem with those different opinions. Polarity is when there are different opinions, but both parties accept that there are different opinions and they can still carry on a loving vibration while those differences are there, kind of like the North and South Poles, night and day, birth and uh, death. So it's exemplified in nature all over, and that's really what uh, caught my attention with that. So when we are having a so-called negative experience or emotion, we want to allow that to happen. And while we're having that release, maybe through tears, we want to bring in an experience to where we have actually experienced the opposite of that. Not just think it. Not This isn't positive affirmation type of stuff. This is actually remembering an event to where maybe for a day or a few days or a few months that there was harmony that you experienced because you know, even though you've used words as strong as never through that discussion, there probably are some small times that maybe the never can be turned to the majority of the time my experience has been. And want to bring that back around to like, maybe if you can share an insight of what that could possibly be, like, um, like maybe a hypothetical, even if you don't want to be too vulnerable, but how you could see tapping into a memory of that exact opposite emotion, which for from, from frustration, the opposite, in my opinion, would be fulfillment, like complete gratitude, a lack of stress. Yeah, I would agree because you've said in the past that frustration is almost a reaction to not having enough time. But in this instance, I, you know, I, I see that it is a lack of in general, and the opposite would be abundance. So I would want to bring in at least a memory of when I had an abundance in that in uh, in relationships, and 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 maybe the abundance is just in satisfaction. Yeah, you know, because once again, the frustration is lack of that satisfaction. And and I do think there is a, a piece of this that runs. With mine, but also I think many people out there, if they haven't been practicing this a lot, is uh, what we talked about in the last episode towards the end where what is a successful relationship? Because like, like you're saying, if I just tap into a part of one where I felt the feeling of having an abundance, I'm sure everybody has a feeling like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they can tap into, but most of us think we don't. Like my mindset are, is originating from almost like a mindset of never having that. Right, and even using that word. Yep. And that's, you know, anytime we use those absolutes, this isn't a slap on the hand or doing anything wrong. It's just to realize that we're training our subconscious by literally, you know, thinking that and that I've never experienced this. And so that's what helps to perpetuate that downward spiral of the frustration when that is rarely the truth that never an absolute can be used. And I do my absolute best not to use absolutes, but they do pop up every now and then. And and sometimes I will put an exclamation point and say, no, I clearly mean this as an absolute, but that's very, very rare. And so is there a hypothetical or something that you could share to where you 
whether it was a, a parent or a deep relationship or a sibling or a friend to where you just remember being maybe just completely satisfied at what you're doing or not doing with this person? Yeah, I think I think many can tap into a time where they've felt like the stars have aligned and in a romantic relationship, this person was brought to you for some reason and you just feel like destined. And that is a very fulfilled type of feeling. Right. It may not last that long, but it is where you kind of feel like you're in the flow of the universe. And that's a very abundant feeling. It is and is and connect it to vibration, uh, sound therapy, sound healing frequencies. That's where this, this philosophy stems from. Uh, of course, the, the, the connection is that when we remember an actual event that we have experienced, it activates a vibration rather than just a, a memory or trying to create one, something like that. Uh, it, it activates the cells in the body and through all of the different levels, which we, you know, we talk about the five levels very often, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, and the spiritual. And so those vibrations, when we have actually had the experience, ripples out so much stronger. And the more so-called uplifting vibrations that we consider we remember, we experience, then that's charging our field, our energetic field. And when we are doing the opposite, we're depleting our energetic field. And our culture is very guilty from looking at things from a problematic view and using absolutes from a subconscious way and not realizing that you're training your mind to think this way. And so that's why words are very powerful and words carry no power simultaneously. The words we speak carry so much power both with how people receive them, but how we are receiving them as well. But words that we hear actually carry very little power unless we give it power. So so it's tr- quite a dichotomy there, but we really need to kind of pay attention to that. And so in this scenario, yeah, just... Remembering that abundance, even if it was short-lived, but the connection of maybe talking with somebody and going over astrology or, in our case, the, uh, the human design and the destiny card systems to, to see all these connections and kind of it cre- can create an excitement. But maybe as people ex- experience those types of deep connections that feel deep, like in the beginning, Sometimes that intensity can be matched by the intensity of dysfunction as well. And that's where uh, that can surprise people sometimes. So remembering that moment of, yes, what that, that connection felt like, and that could be a sexual connection or just a friendship connection or family connection. It can be many, many different types because there's many different ways to be fulfilled in relationships. But holding that vibration and that memory and maybe even looping it uh, while you're having that release is what so-called fills that void back up so that it doesn't fill back up with the same emotion, so to say. Okay, so take let's go through the process of that because when I start to have that feeling, I can really allow or I don't know if it's allowing or feeding into it, but I can take that feeling on to a point where I start get like like pains in my chest. Right. And so 
please explain whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Because I know there are some ways of looking at this that say you want to feel that whole like shadow side or that pain. You want to sit and feel that pain until right. you don't want to feel it anymore. And, I, and I'm not sure whether that's good or not, whether I should be doing that. Right. Well said. And, and I am familiar with what you're speaking of. So we're not going to get into right and wrong, of course, but we are going to come from a little bit of a different perspective here. That that shadow side or the the ego, many people have different labels for them. It is important to work in and with. But the thing is, it helps to realize that this is like an ongoing lifelong process rather than just something I'm going to accomplish and be done with. So that type of thinking can be detrimental when you are trying to heal something. And so some people say, okay, I'm just going to sit in this and I'm going to, you know, heal it even faster. And it don't always work like that because it depends on how well you can process sitting in that shadow. And some people are just sitting in it, but they're really not making much headway. And so the emotions from the just philosophy perspective is created in the mind. So see, the mind is normally activated while emotions are going on. There may not be logical thinking, but there's a story that is being created so that that emotion can continue to either go lower or to start to release and resolve. And so that's the mental part. Once again, I'll bring up those five levels again. When we're working on overall wellness, all five of those levels are being activated, and it helps to give all of those five levels attention. Here we're talking about the mental level, and that as soon as you start to feel that frustration, that discomfort, and would you say what you just talked about, that your chest can start hurting, is that still connected to frustration, or would you connect that to another emotion? Hmm. I would say it does get into another emotion because it's it's more like I'm tapping into like disappointment, right? And yeah. I would you would say that's different from frustration. Yes, yes, yeah. and that's what I just intuitively felt. Yep. That's why I wanted to clear that up so we can go down either avenue. I have a uh, connection with the heart and the chest area too because I went through five years of uh, extreme discomfort when I discovered most of this philosophy. So, so working with it in this way is that. You're, you're not running from that so-called shadow or darkness. You're welcoming it in like Jalaluddin Rumi says, oh, jealousy, there you are, my friend. Come on in. Let's dine together. But that doesn't mean that you have to live together for the next month. You just dine together, and then you may need some time away and invite that person, that emotion back in in a few days when you're, you've rested up. I call it being prepared for the battle. Then you go back in, you spend some time, maybe a little bit longer than the first time, and then you come back out. And so it's an in and out, in and out type of thing. And that can really normally only be done when somebody doesn't have the fix-it attitude, that I'm going to fix this or heal this. I call it learn to make love and make friends with these emotions instead of trying to rule them, correct them, fix them, or even so-called heal them. Just learn to make friends with them. And then they don't need to pitch such a fit or be so out of control because normally people that feel accepted and think about this 
When you feel accepted, you are less reactive. And emotions are very similar. When they feel accepted, they are less, uh, there's less of a need to, to express it so big. And so that is, acceptance is such a big key of, of all this being connected. So in that chest area, say we're thinking about disappointment. So we'll go with that. So this is still closely connected to frustration, but it does have a slightly different flavor to it. And it's still going to be abundance and gratitude is going to be the opposite. So in that situation, as soon as I go into that disappointment, the chest starts to hurt a little bit, the sadness. If the crying is activated, that shows that you have entered the true emotion rather than, I call it just knocking at the door of it. But that's a, a big part of why the crying is such a, another level to release rather than just recognizing it. And in that crying and release, to, to recognize logically or through the mental field that I've got to feed my mind something here or it's going to continue going down this downward spiral to support this negative emotion. So this is where practice comes in. As soon as I start to feel this downward spiral, I have invited that emotion in. I'm crying. I have sat down with that emotion and we're, we're talking now. And now I want to tell it a different story. So hypothetically in that situation, I'm disappointed because here's yet another relationship that has come to an end. I don't feel fulfilled. I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated at myself, at that person, at God, at, at whatever. And this happens very often. And to when you recognize that to go, okay, let me sit down and get still. That's normally the very first step is to find a way to get still. Some people do it through breath. Some people, such as myself, do it through vocal toning. Some people sit themselves down. But the main thing is to get as still as you can and allow that crying to happen. And while you're crying, you're doing your best to access a time that you felt truly fulfilled in a relationship, even if it was just for an hour or for a day, or for a week, or whatever the timeline is, doesn't matter because you're not looking at it from a success standpoint. You're looking at it from a vibrational standpoint. And when you remember that time and you're able to, your whole facial expression should change. You should go from a frown of crying and release to that you may still be crying, but the, the mouth goes more into a, a slight smile. And then the crying will continue, but it will, it'll take on a different energy. And when you complete that cry of remembering this fulfillment, it gives hope. It gives incentive. But it's not false because it's something that you've actually experienced in your life. So another exercise that I like to suggest for people to do with this is before you get in a situation like that, take this on as a great game or challenge. Sit around with people that you resonate with and talk about events that lit you up in your life. Talk about people that fulfilled you in your life. And the more that you talk about and share this stuff, the faster you can access it when you are in that so-called darkness or that shadow state or the ego. And so that's the complication in the beginning is just how easily accessible it is. So one of the big parts of the practice is proaction to 
not just be positive, but to actually be sharing stories and events that light you up in your life. And we need this so much, people. What I would do normally would be once I would start feeling those pains inside, I would pause and then tell myself that this isn't reality. It's not, you know, the universe isn't really against me. And I would just kind of reemphasize to myself that what I was experiencing through my feelings was not actual reality. So, so I wasn't going all the way with, you know, using the polarity. I was just kind of going to the center. Right. And, and that is an important stage and step as well. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because many times before somebody can get to the polarity, they can just get to that center or just get to neutral or just get to that, that mental process of, hey, you're just not seeing this clearly right now. Once again, we'll bring this back around to the very first pillar in this work of finding the divine order in the chaos. And for me, that helps every time because when I'm reminded that I do follow that there's a divine order here, whether I can understand it or not, and that's why hindsight is 2020. because the majority of the time when people can look back on something they've gone through, they can understand it so much more clearly. And part of that is you're not caught in the emotional reaction of it. So hopefully this is, you know, giving people aid to see that there, this is a process, which means that you have to reach certain levels, kind of like even a video game. And then the rules change, and then you readapt and you go to that next level. And the ancients, the Sufi way especially, talked about living in contradiction, and I resonated with that so much. That used to be one of my phrases that I said a lot was make sure you're living in contradiction. And that means that if you still feel the same way about something as you did six months ago, you may be stuck. You may want to look at that because we are designed to continuously evolve and develop. And that means that's why the only constant is change uh, that we experience. So, so yes, working to get to that middle, to that still point, as I was saying earlier, to get still, that's kind of working to just get to that middle, whatever the process. It could be yoga. It could be running. It could be sitting still. It could be toning. It could be singing. It could be breath work. But you need to be able to get to that center or get to get still to be able to access that uh, that polarity emotion uh, many times. And bringing back in polarity, one of the definitions that you didn't give earlier but you've given in the past is uh, the understanding that both are necessary. Yes. And maybe you can bring that in why why we would go to the, the uh, opposing feeling. Yes, because seeing... Everything through nature being proven that this is the plane, this earth plane is the plane of polarity, that opposites do have to exist, and that our true happiness or contentment in this life may be directly connected to just our ability to accept what is happening in our lives. And we don't have to judge it as right and wrong, good or bad. Acceptance doesn't create that duality. It just sees, oh, this has to exist, and then because that does, this exact opposite has to exist. This can be a challenging conversation when people bring in, you know, why there have to be murderers or rapists or children that are born with defects and things like that. And this may not be the podcast for that, but there is explanation to that and how to see that in a 
useful and beautiful way, just as like death can be experienced in a beautiful way. It doesn't have to be negative. And that's people's attachments and their lack of fulfillment in that relationship. I've been through so much death in my life, and I've had those relationships over the last 20 years that have been fulfilled. And I had before that relationships that weren't fulfilled. And it was a complete difference of the experience of that and the allowance. And so that's why getting back into these these emotions, it is about processing them, not running from them, but at the same time, not dwelling in them too long. And to realize that rather than just creating a so-called pity party and saying that, you know, I'm just depressed and I'm just going to be like that today and I'm going to justify it by saying I'm going to sit in my shadow. I'm not judging to say there's anything wrong with that. I just question the uh, the ability to truly move through that. And that's why I have seen more benefit from most people on an average of so-called sticking your toe in and then coming back out and next time sticking your toe in a little bit longer and then coming out. I like to call it, do it up to the point to where it starts to feel frictional like you, you really have an issue with it and then push past that just a little while. And then the next time you should be able to push a little bit further. And it's very similar to lifting weights with the physical body. You gradually lift more weight. And with the emotional processing, you gradually put yourself into more time spending with that difficult person or that difficult situation that creates this emotion in you when, once again, they're just being the messenger. They're just playing the role. And we do have an episode on on playing roles in this life and the conscious way to see that. So hopefully this is bringing, you know, a wider view of people of how to truly look at emotional processing and to allow those emotional releases and to have a tool to, as we mentioned, to be able to be able to get centered. And many times we have to just release, but we can do that in our privacy of our own home or in the woods. I like to suggest around nature is a great place or with somebody that is clear in how to hold space for us, not just a loved one or a relative or somebody that we respect, because many times, not that that can't be endearing, is not necessarily useful or helpful. It can still be enjoyable, but it takes that, that pure release and the ability to get to that opposite emotion and that's what somebody holding space can help you expediate that process because when we feel like, once again, somebody understands or somebody accepts us, we move through the process so much faster. And that's part of the community that we're building with the Wise Wise podcast community is uh, that we're there for each other. And there isn't judgment, but that we accept due to this law of polarity that we're all going to go through these so-called highs and lows, and we're not going to judge each other, but we may remind each other of, hey, let's remember this pillar, just as a suggestion to help us get our mind back to center and then toward that opposite polarity when we are caught into a uh, so-called negative emotion thunderstorm. Yeah, it definitely goes beyond like a friend listening to you and then giving you their opinion. It's it's being seen, being heard, 
And even just somebody to bear witness to you having these emotions is kind of how I would also add to um, somebody uh, giving space or holding space for you. Yes, yes. And and many times the person that, you know, holds space is uh, can be a facilitator of releasing that emotion. And that depends on the empathic nature, you know, of the person holding space because I have had extreme depth of communication as a matter of fact the one person that I felt that understood when uh, I lost the boy's mother 12 years ago that understood what I had lost I had possibly hundreds of people that tried to console me or, or say that they had experienced something similar and I never had a connection except for this one gentleman where I was on his land and a partner of mine was holding a wedding and I was talking about how beautiful the land was, and he had just recently, within less than a year, lost his wife of 46 years. And on these 60-some acres, they had built by their own hands three different homes at three different stages of their life. They were potters, so they ran a pottery business. So they just every aspect of their life was together. And he just looked at me, and he didn't know anything about my story at that time. And I was about probably five years into my healing at this point. And he just said, I would give all of this up for one minute with her. I would give my land, my home, just everything. And I just, a tear came in my eye and I shook my head and I said, I know what you mean, brother. And we pulled our foreheads together and this was a stranger I'd never even met. And we cried together for 15 minutes. And when we look back at each other, we just smile and nodded. And it reminded me of the great ancient proverb that says, when two wise men meet on the street, they need not say a word. And that's how I know when people are able to relate is because they don't talk about it too much. There's not a story that they need to tell. There's a resonance that happens. And uh, that was very healing. I feel like it was for me that day. And I do feel like it was for him as well. And uh, that's what somebody holding space can do. They can allow you to feel that kind of connection, whether the other person has had the direct experience or not, because they're holding it with no judgment. They're not trying to necessarily console. There's no attempts to do anything. You're just completely comfortable to do what you need to do. And I'm here and you're not going to get out of control. And so that's, what I tell people when they ask me what I do in my private sessions, that's really the biggest part of my work is not solving people's problems for them, but providing an environment of non-judgment and complete ability to release whatever there is to release. And then if there are questions to uh, have some direction of what to do from that point on, and that's what the philosophy is all about. So I wanted to bring up one of my most recent experiences with death, which was a feral cat that I had um, named Sammy. And when she had passed suddenly, we were, you know, doing this podcast together. This is probably like two, almost three years ago, maybe. And you helped me by kind of telling me a similar way of, of handling this, which is when I am crying for the loss of... Sammy in my life that while it is very connected to a lack of mm -hmm. not having anymore, 
um, bring in the memories that I had where I felt abundance with her right. and just keep kind of, you know, filling that void, like you said. Yes, yes. And I'm so glad that you brought up death because I wanted to connect this to that. And because, see, the mind, once again, is going to perpetuate some type of thought. It's either perpetuating a thought of loss or a thought of what you had. And that was a big breakthrough that I received through meditation when I was going through my own healing and I had lost Sherry. And I was I was going through a lot of anger at, at everything, at the divine, at life, at everything. And I was given that as a question that you can either choose to focus on what you had for 11 years. That's beyond most anything that probably 99% of the human population will experience, or you can focus on what you lost. And it was just very simple that it was given to me, this is completely your choice. And in that moment, I chose to begin focusing on what I had and what I had experienced. And see, when it's not about blocking the negative thoughts that come in, it's allowing them as Rumi said, come on in, jealousy. There you are. It's about allowing it in, but then almost visually going, let me tell you a story. Their uh, deprivation or lack mentality or fear or whatever it is, anger. To look at it as almost storytelling, to say, I'm going to tell you a story about what we experienced together. Thank you for reminding me that there has been a loss so it comes back to the three R's even in the philosophy, the recognize, the show respect, and then the redirect. And so this is how the pieces of the puzzle all start fitting together around this just philosophy. And it's all about actual ways to process this life and steps in order to do that. Another thing I like to suggest around death, especially where people are involved, is to, as the, the thoughts of loss come in, once again, welcome them and say, thank you for reminding me. And then remember what that person represented. Remember what that person, maybe their, their gift, their light, what it was that they did or said to really be special. And everybody has that. And when you think about that loss or you get reminded of the loss of that person or that loved one for you to immediately switch the gears of the mind to go, let me tell you a story about it, how they inspire me. That when I think of this is what I see, I see this smile, I see this laugh, I see this action, I see this example. And to say that out loud and then like challenge yourself for the day or for the moment to bring more of that into your example. I call this showing homage or honor to the deceased. And that if I was on that other side and I was so-called looking down on my loved ones grieving after me leaving and I want everybody to take time to, to put yourself in a similar situation, how would you want to see your loved ones being truly suffering and showing their pain and how much they're in distraught at you being gone or thinking about you and talking about how you inspired them, 
how you would like to bring more of this of them into your life and then seeing them actually take steps towards doing that. I mean, feel the power of of that. And this is a little bit of like just putting the shoe on the other foot. And so that's a big one is to use that person, that animal, whatever it is, that situation as inspiration. Say it out loud. In the beginning was the word, as the great book says. Say it out loud and give it life and celebrate it. And see, you may even incite that in someone else. But as we continue to grow, especially in these times, to pay attention to what our conversations are about and to realize that we can be practicing our work through just discussing memories of actual successes that we, we consider successes, so-called good times, and not be in the lament uh, thought process, to see it similar to Tibetan sand art. I love it that they create these intricate artistic beauties, and then at the end of the day, they just wipe them away because they don't feel that there's an end to creativity. I mean, how beautiful is that? That we don't have to capture anything because it is always being recreated. And so that's the way that I would like for people to, to look at uh, death and loss and love as that you can always tap into love. And the less that we continue to project that onto individuals or situations or things, the more contentment we will experience and the more love we celebrate outside of conditions and those types of things, this is our healing balm to work on this so-called shadow side or the ego or the negative emotions. Uh, that's the, the fuel. So there's a phrase that people use in modern-day society where I, I actually think that they're saying to justify almost what you're talking about, which is getting back to... The, I guess it's kind of like getting back to the norm, but also appreciating, which is uh, that's what they would have wanted. And, it, and it's almost like the society's way of saying kind of like water down what you were just saying about focus on the abundance or, or how would you want people to be talking about you after you've passed? Do you right. want them to like be emotionally like hurting themselves, energetically hurting themselves just in so much pain? Or do you want them to rise above that and, and you, you know, just simply use you as an inspiration for creativity or, or whatever else positive in their life? Yes. And, you know, something else that I want to bring in to, as a suggestion is to people to see, to celebrate someone's life while they're still here rather than waiting till their past. And I was fortunate enough to get to be part of that with my own mother at her 80th birthday. And we had, we, you know, called it a birthday party or whatever, but it was really an earnest celebration. And I did a, a big collage on a DVD with music and, and showed like her life through different uh, periods of time. And everybody really seemed to enjoy it. And other people got up and talked about just things they appreciated of her and things like that. And so I wanted to put that into to everyone's ear to, you know, let's, let's generate celebrations, true celebrations, not just birthday celebration or typical celebrations that we're used to, but celebrating like who someone is. And for them to be able to truly sit back and listen to others say things that they appreciate. 
I mean, it's just so beautiful. Once again, I've been fortunate enough to have my two stepsons on here, Ian and Ryan, that our connection is so incredible. And Aaron got to interview them and what it was like to be raised by Alexander and this philosophy and part of the development of that and the gift that that was for me to sit back and and hear them tell the story from their perception of their life and the way they perceived and saw me. I was literally in tears uh, about 75% of the episode as I don't speak much on it at all. Uh, just hearing that because it wasn't scripted and it was so spontaneous and beautiful. Aaron did such a good job with his questions and the boys responded like rock stars. Uh, uh, they had never had really a microphone in front of them too much for something live like that and uh, they did really well. So let's work towards that to discuss the things that light us up instead of always talking about or the majority of the time talking about current events and the problems that we're focusing on make the majority of the conversation solution-oriented. And that means discussing memories and things that have been experienced that make us laugh and make us smile and make us generate those so-called high vibrations while respecting the low vibrations, inviting the lower or darker emotions in, making love, making friends with them, and then just telling them the story of, hey, let's remember this time. And so what we've been talking about, I believe, throughout this whole episode is changing your mindset and your perspective on how you view these things. And recently, we've kind of discussed a a term that is kind of being used now as like a rebellion, be a rebel. And I feel like we or all of us can be rebels to the mainstream by just choosing to alter our mindset and like you were saying choose to celebrate somebody versus tear them down anytime that you feel the need to have a negative judgment on somebody like i think you've said in the past replace that with finding something positive finding something inspirational that they have to offer that they have offered you Uh, i'll throw an example this is somewhat of an example but whenever somebody like on social media talks about how they've lost somebody I feel like I don't want to give the stereotypical, oh, sorry, because it's just like everybody says that there's not really any meaning. I mean, I understand that people, they don't know what to say. And that's like the the default. So since you gave me that perspective on uh, after Sammy passed, I try to say something like, I wish you the space in, in holding the, the positive and inspirational thoughts of this person as you work through this. And, and I feel like that, that gives a little bit more meat on there for somebody to uh, read that and, and be a little more uplifted. Yes, and I think that is a, a good practice. It's not just a so-called positive affirmation. It is earnestly felt because that is a choice that we all have as to what we you know, um, what we focus on and a little phrase that I like to use with what you uh, just mentioned about the the rebel is, you know, I do feel that self-development work is the new rebel to see that we are here, you know, creating a different, a different way. And there's been lots of us that's been part of creating this different way for a long time, so-called behind the scenes. And I think whether it's the, the millennials or the ones coming behind them, 
there there's just a look for a different process and we are stepping more of more into uh, what some people call the feminine energy uh, there is more creativity coming back, less of the logistical and the structure as we see that crumbling all around us. And it's going to happen over, you know, over time and over many years. But those that continue to hold the vibration is what will help that in process move quicker. And so it's not just about affecting change in the moment. It's about how long you can hold the vibration of the new change. And I talk a lot about seven-year cycles. Every time we go through something major, especially in this country, we are such a reactive, I call it a very childlike, about an eight-year-old level of a maturity is the way I feel like our culture handles emotional situations, very reactive. And then they get so excited and they, they protest, they do things very intensely. And then about a month or six weeks pass and... There's not much of anything going on anymore, and people go back to the same thing, and then they wonder why change don't stick. Where if you go back to anybody that's recognized, whether that's the Martin Luther Kings or whoever, even Muhammad Ali's or people that look to create change, the, the Gandhi's, the Yoganandas, the Jesus's, just on and on and on, that they had a perseverance. <laughs> they have a history of time of standing for that, and standing strong, you know, we call it in this work, putting your stake in the ground and just going, once again, a saying, I'm just going to chop wood and carry water. And if I do this and hold this vibration long enough, it will affect change. And so that's the way we want to look at our own individual change as well. As gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. And that's why I'm suggesting was sitting in that shadow side and, and somebody can say that they're, you know, they're being more intense with it and working through it faster. And that is available. But the majority of the time, people are fooling themselves. And so that's why if you are doing it that way, I'm not judging it in any way, shape or form because I operate a lot that way. But in general, most people will do much better and last longer by setting parameters to stick their toe in and then each time try to do it a little bit longer. Family is a great place to practice. And if you have somebody that, that really rubs you the wrong way, and many times it's siblings, but rubs you the wrong way in your family, start practicing with how long you can be around them and stay in a loving vibration. And I like to set time frames and I'll just go, okay, I'm going to go for 10 minutes to be around this person, and no matter what they say or what they do, I'm not going to allow that to create a judgment in me. I'm going to work to practice to accept this person exactly the way they are. Now, again, acceptance does not mean condoning. Acceptance does not mean approving of. But remember, there's not likely for anyone to change unless they feel accepted. This is a new way. Doesn't mean condoning, just that they feel accepted. Then they're more likely to listen to what you're actually saying in your point of view. So we're working with a little bit of Tai Chiing the energy and seeing that it's really about just redirecting back to the three R's. Everything comes back in this work to just the basics the recognize the situation, the person, or the emotion, to show it respect the person, the situation, the energy, or the emotion, 
and then to gently redirect the person, the energy, or the emotion. It all works the same through that consciousness at all these different five levels. Very, very similar. So, so you know, in starting to wrap up this episode, I do hope that we have provided very different and maybe some new insights as to how to work with this emotional processing. Most of all the episodes, listen to them multiple times, you'll get much more out of it, but especially this one, because we need to be reminded of processes so much. We're a bad culture to be to consider that when we hear something, we have been taught to think that we know it. And no, that's only on one level. That's the intellectual level, the mental level. But there's five other levels to actually knowing something and completely understanding and being it. It's the process of it. Yeah, I would say not just listening to it at the same time multiple times, but throughout your life as you go through other experiences and uh, astrological energies, you're going to be going through different situations in your life. And some of these episodes may become more integral in your growth. And even though you listened to it a year ago, you may have way more insight now and it something may grab you and you may be able to turn that into wisdom. But I'll also say to all my conspiracy friends out there and just people in general, there's a lot of rebellion energy. But like you were saying, if we utilize the three R's, if we can redirect this energy into self-development energy because they don't want us doing this work because we cannot, like if we just talk about the mainstream media, they cannot control us emotionally, manipulate us on the emotional level if we can manage and process our emotions. So if that's one thing that you struggle with is the mainstream media, then this is one solution for that. Absolutely, and and seeing the importance of that because that's going to help how the government affects you, how your work affects you, how your family affects you. And, and when you're able to manage how external situations affect you, you're able to experience more depth and more vulnerability, which brings in the saying of you might not want to call it love if you're looking for something in return, or you may only love as deeply as you're willing to suffer because they come hand in hand through the world of polarity. Doesn't mean you have to suffer, but if you're willing to suffer, then that is going to give you more room of depth of connection. They come hand in hand. So uh, so keep being you know, emotional warriors out there, people, but do understand that that is the way that we lose our power, and that has been known for a long time. And that's why media is used to stimulate this. But if we can use the external stimulation to recognize the internal need of what needs to be released and healed, and that's what this philosophy is all about, use the external to, as recognition, there's something to be released and healed internally. Go back to that time, release that, and your external will change. It's a law of physics. So please thank you, everyone, for your donations Uh, We are so grateful. Thank you for sharing this with your friends and colleagues, uh, whether it's a snippet or an episode or just talking about it. The word of mouth is so powerful. So please contact us. Join our Wise Wise Podcast Community Facebook group. Please share your stories with us about successes that you've had since you've been utilizing this philosophy That is what people are really, really juicing on right now is hearing other people's examples outside of just Aaron and mine. So 
Thank you so much. And don't forget to join in on our Q&A live streams on Facebook, YouTube, and Zoom. And those are on the off weeks of our podcast releases. And that is it. Stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, 
and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y dot com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.